Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me you can see our journalists' commemorative altar, but we are, of course, here for you all. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always wonderful to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, you will find details in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. welcome you very warmly to our service of choral evensong here at St Bride's on this, the seventh Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven 
to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament lesson is written in the book of the prophet Job, chapter 13, beginning at the 13th verse. Hold your peace, let me alone, that I may speak, and let come on me what will. Wherefore do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in mine hand? Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. Hear diligently my speech and my declaration with your ears. Behold now, I have ordered my cause. I know that I shall be justified. Who is he that will plead with me? For now, if I hold my tongue, I shall give up the ghost. Only do not two things unto me, then will I not hide myself from thee. Withdraw thine hand far from me, and let not thy dread make me afraid. Then call thou, and I will answer. Or let me speak, and answer thou me. How many are mine iniquities and sins? Make me to know my transgression and my sin. Wherefore hidest thou thy face, and holdest me for thine enemy? Wilt thou break a leaf driven to and fro, and wilt thou pursue the dry stubble? For thou writest bitter things against me, and makest me to possess the iniquities of my youth. Thou puttest my feet also in the stocks, and lookest narrowly upon all my paths. Thou settest the print upon the heels of my feet, and he, as a rotten thing, consumeth as a garment that is moth-eaten. Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower, and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow, and continueth not. And thou, and doth thou open thine eyes unto such an one, and bringest me into judgment with thee? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Seeing his days are determined, and the number of his months are with thee, Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. Turn from him that he may rest, till he shall accomplish as an hireling his day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament's lesson is written in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 2, beginning at the fifth verse. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou maddest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownst him with the glory and honour, and didst see him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection unto his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honour, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him who are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren, in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee, and again I will put my trust in him, and again behold I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Lord of all power and might, who art the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of thy name, increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and of thy great mercy keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is a commemoration in the Anglican Communion of Elizabeth Farrard, who is credited with revitalising the Deaconess Order in the Anglican Communion after her ordination on this day in 1862. She founded a community that served in a poor parish in Bloomsbury, King's Cross and Somerstown. For those who aren't familiar, there are three ranks of holy orders, deacons, priests and bishops. Bishops have the role of oversight of the church, priests of leadership in their communities, and the role of the deacon is primarily that of service, such as through teaching. Often today, the role of deacon has become little more than the probationary period before priesting, but in some churches and at different times in history, there has been a much richer understanding of the deacon's role. It's helpful to note that in, at any subsequent ordination, the priest or bishop does not cease to be a deacon, rather their authorised ministry is expanded. Service of Christ and his people should remain at the heart of their ministry. Now, it is clear from Paul's writings that there were deaconesses in the early church, but they had vanished for hundreds of years until revived amongst Lutherans in Germany in the early 19th century. Elizabeth Farrard was encouraged by Archibald Tate, then Bishop of London and later Archbishop of Canterbury, to visit a deaconess community in Kaiserwerth. The Reverend Adrian Leake writes that she initially feared it was going to be a waste of time. Apparently she found the food was dismal and after her first meal she felt dizzy and had to take some brandy. For some days no one seemed to know what to do with her. Pastor Fleedner, the director, ignored her. She found the dialect the sisters spoke quite different from the German she had learned. But after some weeks, things got better. She was not the first Englishwoman to be trained at Kaiserwerth. Florence Nightingale had been there a few years before, and so had Elizabeth Fry, the prison reformer. When she returned to the UK, Elizabeth stayed with Anglican nuns at Ditchingham, and these two visits shaped the deaconess order that she went on to found in North London, in what Bishop Thorold, another of their champions, called the filth and hideous darkness of the slums. I've been reminded of the poverty of those days recently as a result of some family research that my wife has conducted, which shows a history over some years of short tenancies in various deprived areas around London. The maps of Charles Booth, produced as part of his inquiry into life and labour in London, 
bring the character of those communities and the attitudes of the day towards them to life. For example, Clarendon Street is described, tousled-haired women standing at open doors, bare-armed, dirty children, and the houses with too many broken windows, stuffed with temporary mendings. But nothing is charged against the street, worse than roughness and drunkenness. What characterised the development of the work of deaconesses and secured their place in the Church of England was their integration into the diocesan and parochial system. It was that and the deliberate absence of life foes that distinguished them from the Anglican sisterhoods. It was intended that theirs was to be a serving, not a leading part. The office for the admission of a deaconess, the bishop exhorted the candidate to set aside all unwomanly usurpation of authority in the church. But it soon became clear that many women who had been blessed with a talent to serve were also possessed of a vocation to lead. Bishop Tate might have been liberal by the standards of his time, encouraging the development of an order of deaconesses in the church, but clearly he regarded positions of leadership as inappropriate for women. The church through the ages has always struggled with Christ's radical inclusivity and has often conformed and indeed helped to shape far more conservative social norms. The examples of trailblazers like Elizabeth Farrard are important. And of course, our patron, St. Bride, or Bridget, presents an example from an earlier age. She founded both a convent and a monastery in, in Kildare and invited Conlade, later St. Conleth, to help her run her two institutions. I'd like to share with you a prayer for Bridget's feast from the Northumbria community's daily Celtic prayer. It has a sense of the service and hospitality towards the poor at the heart of Bridget's ministry. And I imagine at least that Elizabeth Farrard might have approved. I should like a great lake of finest ale for the King of Kings. I should like a table of the choicest food for the family of heaven. Let the ale be made from the fruits of faith and the food be for giving love. I should welcome the poor to my feast for they are God's children. I should welcome the sick to my feast for they are God's joy. Let the poor sit with Jesus at the highest place and the sick dance with the angels. God bless the poor, God bless the sick, and bless our human race. God bless our food, 
God bless our drink, all homes, O God, embrace. Amen.
Let us pray. Christ, our hope of glory, still our clamouring hearts, that we may sit with devotion in your presence. Give your church faith to sing of your majesty. We ask for your blessing on the leaders of your holy churches, and especially on Alison, our rector, Sarah, our bishop, and Justin and Stephen, our archbishops. We pray also today for the Episcopal Church of Rwanda and its Archbishop Laurent Mabanda. Also for the church in Skara in Sweden and for its Bishop Ake Bonnier. In our own diocese, we pray for the Chelsea Deanery, for Jenny Welsh, Area Dean, and for the Deanery Synod, its lay chairman and secretary, and the work of the Area Bishop's Visitor. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Christ, our hope of glory, Give to all leaders and rulers space to reflect on your will. Restore a right vision and sense of priorities. We pray for our Queen and for our government and the leaders of the nations. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Christ, our hope of glory. In hospitality, some have entertained angels and met with you. Open our hearts to share what we have with those in need. Bless those who serve the homeless and all who are vulnerable in our communities. And bless journalists around the world particularly those who are in harm's way in the course of their duties. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Christ, our hope of glory, in our suffering we share in your passion. Strengthen all who call out to you in distress. We remember before you, all those in our parish community, in this city and around the world who are in need. Remember any others known to us and all who suffer, in body, in mind or in spirit. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Christ, our hope of glory, you hold before us the promise of salvation. Deliver us at the hour of our death. We remember before you all the recently departed and those whose year's mind comes at this time. Rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. 
bring us with them to that banquet where saints and angels delight in your eternal presence. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. of God which passeth all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen.